Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. I'm Allison Disler, a psychological astrologer and somatic educator. And in this podcast, we'll explore how astrology can illuminate our embodied consciousness and nourish our soul. Howdy, folks. Now I'm back from a two-week plus some days eclipsing time, and I had all the intention to be here this past Thursday, which would have been a couple of days after the eclipse, but one of the things that had happened, as you can still hear, is I lost my voice for a couple of days, and it is finally coming back. I am still feeling the effects of a personal and deep learning from this year's eclipse cycles. And what I've noticed, you know, and I, I invite everyone to think about this, our, our last eclipse was Tuesday, November 8th, and we then had an eclipse also on Tuesday, October 25th. So if you can think back to that period of time. What I've noticed for me is a deepening or even clearer experiential understanding of the axis of the houses that the eclipses were and are taking place in. And also for me, how the planets in those houses are responding intrapsychically. So I'm a psychological astrologer and I am paying attention to what's going on astronomically and in the mundane world, but I primarily use astrology as a personal reflective guide. Now, for those who've been listening a while, you'll remember that this last series of eclipses were happening along the Taurus and Scorpio axis in our natal charts. So for me, that axis point of the eclipses was the first and the seventh house axis. So this is the axis line that I like to refer to as the axis of self and others. So anyone else out there who is either a Scorpio or a Taurus rising will also have had the eclipses happening across that first and seventh house axis. So take a moment, if you haven't already looked at it, what houses in your natal chart does the Taurus-Scorpio axis straddle or represent for you? So to bring us up to speed, this podcast episode was written for Thursday, November 10th and recorded on Sunday, November 13th. So we're still in the heart of Scorpio season with Mercury, the sun and Venus there all opposing Uranus and Taurus and Saturn in Aquarius. So those of us with planetary placements in the midst or the middle of fixed signs will still be feeling some of the influence of instability. Or another way I've been looking at is the wobble of influence between Saturn, which likes to keep things stable and steady, and Uranus, which likes to shake things up. And to mention one last time, the recent eclipse on Tuesday, November 8th, happened right in the middle point of the fixed signs. So just take a look at what planets you may have 
in the center degrees of any of the fixed signs, Scorpio, Leo, Taurus, or Aquarius. So although we're not out of the water yet, it's nice to imagine and to look ahead beyond this conglomeration of planets in the middle of fixed signs and know that within this coming week, we're going to be moving towards Sagittarius season. Now, Sagittarius is a mutable sign. So once the planets move into Sagittarius, they'll get to contend or duel with rather and oppose that retrograde Mars and Gemini. So I feel it's quite an appropriate time to shift this podcast, which is focused on Venus and giving and receiving from the perspective of Venus in our charts into the Sagittarius and Gemini axis. So the Sagittarius-Gemini axis is one axis line that I have several contenders in axis naming. On one sense, I think the Sagittarius-Gemini axis as the axis of meaning and information, or meaning versus information. And in another sense, I kind of look at that Sagittarius-Gemini axis as an axis of focus, versus dispersion. What is similar about the Gemini and Sagittarius archetypes is that they're both mutable or movable signs characterized by agility and versatility. Sagittarius is a mutable fire sign and Gemini is a mutable air sign. So by their nature, fire and air can be friends. But fire is more associated with direct knowing or intuition and self-centeredness. And air, as an element, is more about dispersion and relational networking. Fire is self-centered. Air is communal as an element. In the archetypal images of each sign, Gemini is represented by the twins, the duality that stays dual or two. Sagittarius is represented by the centaur, which is also dual or a double creature, yet they're put together into one. Sagittarius also is represented by the archer with a point of focus, while the Gemini archetype by its nature, is more relational. So just from understanding the, the modality and the symbology, along with some of the imagery, we can already see how some of these qualities may relate to a Venus placement in each of these signs. A Venus in our chart, from a psychological astrology viewpoint, is about our desires, about what we desire, what we want, our yearnings. This may be related to our love and relational styles, 
but I like to look at it as an energetic and intimate link to what we deeply crave and what can help us feel satiated and nourished. A Venus in Sagittarius is a mutable fire Venus. Given some of the ideas we've explored so far, can you start to imagine or think what a Venus in Sagittarius might crave or desire? A Venus in Sagittarius does not want to be pinned down. In fact, a lot like the other planetary placements we may have in Sagittarius, planets in Sagittarius are planets that are about the journey. Sagittarius, as an archetype, kind of views life as a journey and that there is a learning along the way. This learning may evolve into truth and wisdom over time, but the pursuit of the journey, the seeking of meaning, is a center stone for this archetype. There is a zest and movability about the Sagittarius archetype that is motivated by the art of adventure and pursuit. Think about the Senator always on the move a horse for a bottom half, a scimitar is kind of the same as the planet Jupiter, since Jupiter is also, by its nature, a planet that is about expanding anything that it touches. Sagittarius is ruled by the planet Jupiter, and Jupiter also does not like to be confined. Now think of this as applied to a Venus in Sagittarius. When it comes to wants and desires, can you imagine how a Venus in Sagittarius also wants this feeling of unbounded freedom or unrestrained movement? A Venus in Sagittarius does desire freedom and the ability to pursue adventure or to expand into the next horizon or new frontiers, whether this be travel, higher education, or a diverse new group of friends and acquaintances, and to be free to pursue one's passion or zest without confinement is at the heart of a Venus in Sagittarius. A Venus in Sagittarius may be really desiring or motivated by fun and things that are spirited, but may also desire freedom to expand through mental or philosophical pursuits to engage in the pursuit of knowledge or wisdom may be present. Another way Sagittarius desire can show up or shine is through the yearning or desire for gaming or sport not necessarily to win, but to pursue or experience the journey of it. This may show up literally as the desire to hunt, or even hike or trek, to take long, physically enduring, but potentially rewarding excursions. If we were to transfer this energetically to the realm of desire in relationships or between people, 
This may translate into the love of the pursuit or adventure within the relationship or the pursual of lovers or potential partners. Because of this desire for freedom, relationships for the Sagittarius could be one of those places that some mental adjusting may need to take place. Noticing if you view relationships as a place of potential freedom or confinement or maybe a little bit of both. Another image for the Sagittarius archetype is the lone cowboy figure, the kind of lonely, rugged wanderer in love with the distant horizon, who knows deep in their heart that there is real no such thing as settling, because as soon as settling is offered, even the potential of settling, there is an itch and a feeling that that journey needs to be pursued once again. The key to a Venus in Sagittarius is to satiate it by keeping that restless itch feeling fed. Feeling fed with adventure and fun and freedom, but find ways also to learn the wisdom of supportive containers to embody aspects of the Venusian opposite of Gemini, who find lots of movement and mutability within the realm of others and relationships. That freedom doesn't equate with only solitariness or pursuit necessarily. And if this pursuit of solitary seeking and search or meaning is very present in your heart, just think about it a moment. What are some of the avenues that fulfill this urge to pursue something or to dive in the meaning? So if you've got a Venus in Sagittarius or know someone who does, how does this resonate with you so far or does it? Remember, the house in which your Venus in Sagittarius is placed will make a difference to where the pursuit or expansion may take place or find its desire. And there are also parts of the natal chart in some houses that are more external by their nature, while other houses might manifest as more interior or internal. All this to say, house placement does make a difference. So in this last section of the podcast, we'll look at the theme of giving and receiving for Venus and Sagittarius, or in another way of thinking of this, if you were going to gift a loved one or someone who has a Venus in Sagittarius, whether that's yourself or someone else, what might you offer? It likely depends on how well you know the Venus in Sagittarius you might first contemplate what makes you or them feel most unbound and free. Where are they most free at or with or in? For some, this might be the gift of an adventure, a day or weekend trip, a boat ride, or an overnight backpacking trip. 
to be unbound by the constraints of time or environment may be a wonderful gift. If you continue to think of the themes of unboundedness and freedom, you might also consider if travel or the physical realm is not a place that feels unbound for your particular Venus and Sagittarius, maybe move more to the mental realm. I'm thinking of things that you can travel in mentally and really feel like you've taken a journey. Fantasy novels and movies, or even lectures or talks, events that center on themes of adventure in pursuit of the mystery or mystical or unknown, or even something like a local talk about traveling or somebody's adventure. Another theme or idea you could focus with is the theme of expansion. A Venus in Sagittarius, whose planetary ruler is Jupiter, is ruled by a planet that thrives in this idea or offers this environment of expansion. Often when we think of expansion, we think of expanding horizons or learning something new. There's so many ways to learn something new. Everything from taking a class to engaging at an at-home do-it-yourself project to taking up a new language. Learning is also a way to expand horizons. So as we approach this Sagittarius season, moving for a more internal, scorpionic-focused outward, you might be able to just look around you and notice in yourself, moving from that internal space to that outward space, that expanding outward. Could you think of any other gifts that embody this idea of expansion or moving from the inside outward? Depending on the Venus in Sagittarius or the placements of the planet, your expansion may come in the form of physical or sensational endeavors, since it's not only the mind that can expand, but also the senses. So I've been thinking about expansion in another way. So think about expanding taste horizons, taste experiences, or an excursion of the senses, a distillery tour, a four-course dinner, a candle-making or perfume course or tour. Expanding the palate of the senses might be very appealing to your Venus and Sagittarius. Keeping the palate broad and experimental by trying a new restaurant or cuisine or a drink may be a wonderful opportunity. Leaning into novelty or new experiences can feel awakening and enlivening to a Venus in Sagittarius, which is again mutable, agile, seeking, and movable and expansive by nature. And finally, a podcast about Sagittarius or Venus Sagittarius couldn't be complete without mentioning fun and games, the pursuit of laughter, humor, silliness, and sport. Anything that you can think of that rings true in the realm of fun and games. 
it reminds me of some of the stuff I liked to do when I was a kid. It was so fun. I think of hide and seek and just playing with personal abandon, just letting go of all pretension and expanding into that fire of play, that feeling of being a child at heart. These kind of child at heart experiences can really speak to a Venus in Sagittarius, which has at least a little of its heart or desire in the zest of youth or the freshness of humor. A wonderful thing to think about is this. How can your Venus in Sagittarius be nourished at its youthful, wondrous state? Or what makes you feel childlike and zestful? And I really like that word zest and zestfulness to end this week's podcast as we move into Sagittarius season, moving from the internal back outward again. So I'll look forward to being with you next time where we explore the other side of the axis when we lean into and explore giving and receiving from a Venus in Gemini perspective. See you next time. Until next time, breathe deep, linger long.